Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Retro Time Podcast. Derek, how you doing? Fantastic, Jeremy. Dude, it is snowing like a mug outside. It sure is. You know what I'm going to do later? What are you going to do? I'm going to go sledding. You going sledding? We got a sledding hill right oh. around the block. Tomorrow morning, ooh, we're going to go sledding. I might go sledding. I think we're going to try to pick up the kids a little early from from school today and do some after-school sledding. Mm, that's actually a pretty good idea. It's my daughter's birthday this weekend, so I might sneak oh, a little sled in. Go. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty good. Get a little sled time in. So we've got a special guest today to talk about freelancing. She's been doing freelancing for a little while now. Danielle Meadows-Stinnett. She is a fellow Kentuckian, I might add, so that's pretty exciting. Danielle's owner of digital branding agency Octane Design Studios. She's a podcaster, a wife, a mom of four, believe it or not. I can't imagine four. Uh, lover of Broadway musicals, chai tea, comics, cosplay, and live MMA. Derek, so watch what you say and get your ass kicked. Uh, with over 12 years of marketing and multimedia agency experience, she's helped brand and launch over 100 small businesses across America. Two-thirds of those have been in Kentucky, I might add, hmm. and now with an all-female team uh, spanning three countries. That's pretty cool. Multinational freelance agency. Pretty rad. Um, so in 2021, Danielle launched Kentucky Creatives. It's a Kentucky-based community of like-minded creative professionals seeking to align with uh, Kentucky businesses and brands. And her hashtag, More Than Graphics, has become more than just a marketing slogan. It's become a life principle for herself that she executes through storytelling and life chronicles as producer and co-host of the More Than Graphics podcast. So we got not only a freelance member, but a fellow podcaster on the show, Derek. What a day. How about that? Uh, Danielle, welcome to Retro Time. It is awesome to have you and talk about all the freelance stuff. We're stoked. Oh, welcome thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. This is kind of like a dream team, if you will. Um, fellow dads in this space, fellow That's techies right. in this space, and we got podcasters like... Watch out. I'm Watch dropped. Out. And Watch K- Kentuckians, too. Two Kentuckians. That's true. Yeah. Kentuckians. That's Derek, right. you're outnumbered. It's two to one. <laughs> Uh, so Danielle, so so we've been talking a lot about um, last few episodes, burnout and and this kind of stuff. We had a Dagna Biet on talking about burning out and running your career on autopilot. And for some people, you know, the answer may be it's time to get out mm-hmm. and work for yourself. And so I'm curious, uh, how did you get into freelancing? Tell us a little bit about your backstory. What's your origin story? Sure. Um, I have to always start it out from the beginning. I'm a third generation entrepreneur. So that's one way that I learned kind of how to step into my own because I've watched my fellow family members and cousins, aunts, grandparents do it on their own and kind of define success on their own terms. So that's one way that I learned kind of, yes, I can do this. Um, Mm -hmm. But I really started from this place of kind of humble beginnings. I started with child, pregnant with child, with a toddler in a one 500 square foot bedroom apartment. That's how it started. It started from that place. And I kind of grew from, you know, picking up things as I go to also learning from other people who have been in similar places before. And I just kind of gained this kind of level of I can make this fun. It doesn't have to be mundane. It can be something that's kind of whimsical and just as playful as my kids play in the backyard. So um, that's kind of where this idea came that I could start creating logos, graphics, um, start building websites for people. It came from that humble place. And then from there, um, over the past five years, we've been able to expand across three countries, um, a staff of eight women. And it's been amazing. Um, the, The ride is just surreal. I bet. So have you had in the past, then it sounds like you've, you've, 
pretty much work for yourself for a while. Do you ever have a full-time gig at an agency or design studio or anything like that? The cool thing about my whole life work span is that I have been a freelancer from the very get-go. So I did not start necessarily with a company. I learned from other people who had companies as their platform. And I just kind of picked up, learned from them, invested time with them. Um, I, you know, forgave a couple of play dates so I could pick up better um, examples of Mm -hmm. PHP and coding. I put down a couple of play um, play dates for myself, let alone my kids, so that I could, you know, fiddle around some more um, understanding Java. So it's one of those things where I, um, I knew there were some sacrifices that I needed to make both as a parent, as a person, but I knew that was going to only just escalate for future success. That's awesome. So Java, you're a, you're a freelancer after Derek's heart. <laughs> my heart doesn't oh. reside there, Jeremy. You know this about me. Come on. <laughs> no. So I started my career as a Java developer and, uh, and then you know, I met Jeremy and my whole life changed. You know, <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's, that's not really, that's not really, that's not really how it went. But <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I, uh, I kind of, always appreciated um different aspects of uh development it's cool that as you went through your career you you make it seems like you made deliberate decisions about what to learn and when yeah it really was more of a it was also a learning to pivot right so as things became more popular as you know there was definitely moons and wanes when java wasn't so popular and there was other programs that kind of took face and precedence so i started to learn those more and more often um so i definitely learned kind of, okay, this is working. Okay. This is not working. Go this direction. Now, um, learning when Mm -hmm. to pivot, I think has been my, my new witchcraft. (laughs) Learning when to pivot. Okay. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. I'm curious, speaking of pivoting, I had a whole list of questions here, but I'm going to pivot and talk about pivoting. Can you talk a little bit about that? What, what types of things have you learned that sort of telltale signs that you're, it's time to pivot? Oh yeah. Um, well, Cash flow. Um, that should be cash your most. Flow, okay. <laughs> that should be <laughs> when your you're most. Freelancing like, as that's important. Yeah, like obvious choice there. Um, when the money's going down, you know where where can you? Um, how can you make things easier? Um, and then two, how can you make things easier not only for yourself but for other people? Um, I've had to pivot a lot of times between going back and forth between creating graphics and in web development quite a bit. There was a season mm-hmm. in my life where I was like, I am done with. If I have to create one more website, I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to burn a couch in Kentucky language. Okay. Watch out. Like okay. this is, I've been there. It's been an insane like ride, but then in one way or fashion, something, some project comes up, some passionate, you know, partner who's really inspired by the things that I have created. And then just, you can do it. And it, ignites that fire once again, and I'm spurning um, new projects and new development. So I definitely, cash flow was the obvious option on pivoting. And then two, just the relationships that we've been able to build. We currently now work with tons of nonprofits, but we also work with small businesses and businesses specifically of color. That's huge for us over the past Mm -hmm. five years. Now 60% of our clientele are either women or person of color owned businesses. That was a complete flip when I first started into this industry. So just being able to walk into spaces and understanding that one, not all spaces are meant for everybody (laughs) Um, and not all spaces are really for us, but it's also understanding too, that you can be empowered by being different and stepping out into a little bit of purpose. I love that. So Derek, you know, off topic here, but I, I just learned something that uh, us us Kentuckians say. It's a uh, burning a couch. That's a new one for me. <laughs> so couch I'm burn. Write that down. All right. Oh, so we'll boy, have to talk oh, more about this offline because I'm curious. Maybe there's more colloquial things. You know, you don't know what you don't know, Derek. And uh, look, I just realized I'm... I don't know. 
all these Kentucky colloquial. So you got, I mean, you guys don't live that far from me. You're in, you're, but you're in the, you're in the south. I'm in the Midwest, and we live about thirty yep. minutes from each other. I grew up in the south, and mm-hmm. so there's some things my family used to say. You know, this is New Orleans sayings, though. Can I say I'm on air? Maybe not. Um, mm-hmm. Am I Maybe even not. on air? That's another question. I don't know, Derek. I got, I got that little explicit tag I can put on. <laughs> oh, then... that's right. You can do that. No, but uh, but yeah. So that's uh, burn a couch. I'll have to say that from burn time to time. That's uh, no, you're in Ohio. That? You're not allowed. You can't say that. I can't say it. You're right. If you're a UK basketball person, this this robs around the UK basketball fanatics. So um, you get so excited, you burn a couch. So love to see that. Love to see. Love to see it. So talking about cash flow, this may be the most important thing. How much do you charge? Oh, gosh. That's Not you I specifically, you but how that. much would you charge in a situation? Yeah. <laughs> well, hourly rate or something, you know, like what's my hourly worth? Um, how do you yeah. figure that out? So, uh, well, a couple different things. One, we got away from doing so much hourly. We, we definitely went the Jonathan Stark route and went more project value based pricing which is a little okay. bit different than per hour. Mm-hmm. So uh, each project definitely has its own set of value. And then we base that upon our actual, you know, what's our budget, what their budget is based upon other, other contributing factors, like, you know, what amount of staff will we need? How much energy will that take to put things like that together? All of that has yeah. a different type of value. And so depending on what the project is, you know, we kind of allocate that value based upon what needs they have. So, but roughly, I will say like in the very beginning, when we we're first starting out, I was starting as low as like 75 an hour. And I've worked oh, wow. all, all the way up to like, 350 an hour so oh, i mean like yeah, we definitely have gone up in a lot of ways yeah. um now to cover more people because there's more than just mm-hmm. me now yeah so what amy and i used to do this is maybe a wrong taking i don't really know but we you know i did a lot of websites over the years so i knew about how many hours it would take me to do a certain mm-hmm. very basic wordpress website for instance and i think i can't remember off the top of my head 50 hours or something i think is what we said and we would just say, all right, 50 hours for this, that's our base. And and we sort of would do like a, a line item almost. Like <laughs> the, the firm fixed cost is, what is it? We did $100 an hour. So $5,000 for a very basic website. Um, and we say, where'd that money come from? Well, it's five, you know, 50 hours at 100 an hour. Um, and if you wanted e-commerce, it's an extra... I think we used to charge an extra 80 hours for e-commerce. Yeah. Or if it's something else, right? So, and then that's how we would build our almost like a menu, yes. you know, of sorts. Oh, um, and if they idea. didn't want to spend 80 extra hours, then okay, well, you just don't get a, you don't get e-commerce site. And that was like, you know, then if, if we went over, we say, well, then it's an additional hundred. So that way we, we got them used to the fact that if we went over for some reason and it was their fault, they went out of scope and they wanted to add stuff, mm-hmm. we would have that hourly rate and they were already familiar with that hourly rate. I'm not really sure if that's the right way to do it, but that's how we did it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I and I think, it's like, I think it, it differentiates between the type of business that you're building too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think very much so in, and for a developer sense, it makes sense per hour because that's the, that's the amount of work that you're putting into this particular project. Mm-hmm. I feel like for us, because we do so much more than just web development, we're also doing strategy, we're doing graphics, yeah. we're doing commercials, we're building content calendars, yeah. things along those lines. That's when hourly kind of almost becomes, you know, not as usable because we're mm-hmm. doing so much more than just hourly. Um, yeah. So that's where the value difference kind of comes into play for me. Yeah. But definitely for developer sense, of course, hourly makes perfect sense. Yeah. I almost see it as sort of like an experiment. You try things, you see what works, you change it, you, it doesn't work. All right, well, what's the next contract we sign? What are we going to do different? Yeah. You know, and treating it like that. And, and that way, you know, cause like, I think Derek, to your point, like it, it, it could be so stressful that you just never want to do it again. Right. Yeah. So then the question is like, well, how do you change it so that it isn't stressful next time? Mm-hmm. And you're constantly iterating and continuously improving your process and everything so that 
eventually it's just, you know, the money's coming in and then you can, you can, you know, buy all those Legos that you wanted. <laughs> Feels less like work and more like play. Yeah. It yeah, becomes Especially easier. when you get to build Legos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I'm for the Legos. This is something I think that most people that are in a full-time gig right now that are interested in leaving their full-time gig, cash flow is probably like the one thing that they're terrified about jumping, you yeah. know, taking the step, jumping off the cliff and doing their own uh, freelance work, working for themselves. Yes. What I would love to hear about is, you know, when you started out, how how do you start to build that clientele to, to start getting that that guaranteed cash flow? And maybe cash flow is never guaranteed. Maybe that's the wrong way. That's, yeah. Uh, when you're yeah. But. <laughs> I think it really comes from this innate sense of self, right? So we talk about if you're comfortable talking in front of people, talking in front of strangers, not people that you know, but talking in front of strangers, there's a little bit of um, extra gusto that, you know, that you kind of come with into a certain space. Let's do the opposite. You love talking to people that you actually know. You feel so comfortable with talking to someone you've known for at least a year, two years, three years, five years. Um, There's different ways that we approach different areas based upon what we are most comfortable with. And so um, because my span and my reach has gone on for so long, I am comfortable with anything. But in the beginning, I feel like it's important to build from within. So working with the Mm. things that you know, Um, if you are most comfortable working in Java, go ahead and plan out some things so that people will know fully, this is what I can do. This is what I can bring to the table. Are you my people? You know, it's kind of one of those things where um, uh, if you if you're a big fan of Comic-Con, as I am, if you're a big fan of cons, you know, there's this whole society, this whole culture that's built around like cosplay and comics and figurines and all, and drawings and things along those lines. So when we meet our people, it's kind of like a not a no brainer. We instantly click. I have no idea who this person was. I never met this person before I went to this con. However, we came out best friends. And now our moms are like best friends and all the things. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, you have that innate sense of connection with people. So I encourage that first. If you already have connections in certain places, explore those. Um, and I don't mean exploit those. I mean, explore yeah. those. There's a difference. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you Absolutely. know, being able to have those like general conversations um, and just letting people know that you're excited about something. I think that's something that's kind of lost, especially mm. since the pandemic. We kind of have dimmed ourselves in some areas. And I think it's really cool that um, when we kind of think about the lightning of that load as we walk into 2022, there's less restrictions per se, um, fingers crossed. But I mean, there's some areas of life where we kind of start feeling excited about being connected physically in proximity to each other again. Mm -hmm. So I think that helps kind of spark that, yes, I can. I can talk to someone and I can invite them into a conversation about what services I could offer. The other level of that, obviously, there's a whole business aspect to that, making sure you're in tax seasons right now, like y'all for Mm -hmm. real, like we all hurting in some areas. Um, There's all kinds of ways that you can set yourself up as a business, um, especially within the wonderful state of Kentucky. There's just a lot of different things that you can personally learn about that will also help accumulate those skill sets so that you feel comfortable going out and telling people what you do and how you can do it. Like training and stuff, you mean? Or like the, the, the state will offer training? Is that what you're? Um, that's only training per se, but just more so the know-how. Like when you have a business account, things that accessible to you. Um, Being a part of like a city commerce or something along those lines Mm, are great networking communities that you can be a part of, things like that. 
All right. Cool. I have to put some links in the show notes for some uh, uh, resources. Yeah, if you got people anything, can, uh, let can us know. Hit up, love to share those, especially for Kentucky folks. Kentuckians, Derek, because we call Kentuckians. Hey, 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 hey. I'll Kentucky take trying. the folks. Kentuckians, Kentuckians, and the hey y'alls and all that. Hey, yes. Y'all. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. There you go. See, I'm trying. <laughs> the y'all thing is one of the reasons I couldn't move to Ohio because it's apparently something they just they don't they don't say there or they make fun of you apparently or have you have you seen that, Derek? Have you been had weird looks when you said don't when you don't say hey you guys? No, I'll be I'll be honest with you, Jeremy. I don't talk to too many people. <laughs> <laughs> but when I do talk to them, uh, yeah, I, I sometimes I throw out a y'all, hey, see y'all later. Um, uh-huh. And then you're like, who that? No, no, I don't what? stay around long enough to find out if they're going to respond. <laughs> but if I did, I would like to assume they would be offended. There you go. Okay. Assume assume malintent. That's what always. Derek always says. Um, I've got a question, though, about like you, you mentioned this, like getting yourself out there and stuff and networking a little bit. Mm-hmm. To me, that's maybe one of like the best ways to start getting that cash flow. So mm-hmm. getting somebody to, to interested in paying you. Yeah. Um, any any tips, tricks, things like that to to start networking to get find those potential clients? Like, where do you go? How much do you, do you love alcohol? Because where usually alcohol is, there's a good amount of money. <laughs> so. so I actually, I'm a, I'm a bourbon enthusiast, so we're hard bourbon okay. in, in Kentucky. And so that's mm-hmm. a really big part of the culture here. So a lot of times I would go to um, Lexington Beer Festival. I would go to um, some of these um, summertime festivals that are happening. And believe it or not, once we start a conversation, nine times out of 10, we exchange business cards. And that's mm-hmm. because I simply just want to know more of you. And that person wants to know more of me. And usually nine mm-hmm. times out of 10, if you follow up within the next 72 hours, not 48, 72, especially if they're hungover, 72 hours, okay, yeah. <laughs> then a lot of times you'd be surprised by how fast they return that response. Hey, I remember that person. We drank that bourbon mm-hmm. that one time. And then now we're talking about these things. For women, maybe it's a different type of conversation. Maybe we met at a particular you know, event and I want to keep following up with you. I just recently experienced that as a live podcaster doing live podcasting for an event. So there was a ton of people in the room that I didn't even know. But by the end of the night, because we were jolly and merry and all the things, I was able to still exchange names, numbers, phone numbers, business cards to kind of warm up those leads. The other areas where I've been able to really, really like push hard in networking is, again, not just my friends, but the friends of the friends. So Mm. um, being able to publicly go out in the world to events, and I know it's hard and wherever you are and listening, Rachel, listening to this, it may be a very difficult place for you to go out. I have even some of my staff that are on lockdown right now in their countries. So because oh, wow, it's geez. it's just gotten mm-hmm. worse. So, you know, how do you network in those areas? Well, how about thought about hosting? Maybe hosting an event, maybe hosting something virtual. Maybe there's a happy hour that you can put together amongst friends and you guys can, you know, toast virtually and still talk about areas of concerns for you in regards to business or marketing. Uh, or maybe there's a new website or a new software that you want to try out and you want to give them the test bunny routes, you know, pull up the drinks and let's go. So I want to, I mm-hmm. honestly do say that in all, you know, earnestness that, you know, depends on how much alcohol you got in some areas that could be in your favor. Um, but if not, then I love the idea again, just continuing those conversations, just every day you talk to me, I talk to you. Um, I will say that everything changes in perspective of energy. So if you're not feeling okay. so hot and you're not really kind of in a place where you want to talk to people, don't put yourself in that. Yeah. Just don't put yourself out there. I totally agree. Like maybe you need to hone that in a little bit, maybe mm. watch some like house and D or something like that to kind of like re realign your life. Um, so there's just 
there's certain spaces and certain times for those places. And, and then there's times where you just don't. And I totally get either way, but just know that when you're putting that good energy out there, it does return. Maybe not in the way that you expect, but it does return. So you mentioned something. Uh, I actually um, have experience with this. My wife and I um, used to do our own freelance gig for a while. Derek, did you know that? I don't know if you knew that. It was called oh, yeah. Jam Creative, Jeremy and Amy Miller. Oh, <laughs> oh. I didn't know about that. I like that? Yeah, like yep, yep. Jam Creative. Uh, and so we, I used to work in restaurants like my whole career all through college and stuff. And I tended to just know a bunch of people in the restaurant business, mm-hmm. right? And so just like you said, friends of friends, it's it's kind of one of those things where you 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 go where you want to be seen. Right. And that's where you tend to get the business. Mm-hmm. So in that case, I, I had friends who owned restaurants and, and Amy and I, we kind of found our niche. It was in restaurants. So we ended up at one point we had like Magazine Street and is a street in New Orleans with, you know, big a lot of shops, restaurants. And we had like two or three blocks. We had like almost every restaurant. Wow. Right. We're just because we knew like we had at one point five or six restaurants all like within two blocks of each other on Magazine Street because we knew somebody and then they would see, you know, our website that we had done and then or somebody else would see that website and then we'd do it and we'd kind of grow the exposure there. Um, so it's kind of, you, you mentioned that kind of going, you know, you said like kind of like Comic-Con, maybe maybe you're into doing Comic-Con stuff or, or cosplay stuff for, I don't, I don't know if that's yeah. a thing. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not into cosplay. Uh, but you go, where, you know, where do you, where do you want, what clients do you want and you go after them where they are? Yes. Absolutely. I totally attest to that. One of my favorite clients that we've done is a, was a restaurant. Um, she is a chef. She was on the food network several times, um, almost made it to Bobby Flay. And I think it was really kind of cool to have that whole experience of I'm branding a restaurant that's nationally recognized. Mm -hmm. Like this is super cool. And that's only because previously a friend of a friend saw my work, showed it to her and just kind of created that echo. So, and then from there, so many other restaurants reached back out to us saying, okay, you do her stuff, but I need to like get in on this. So Mm -hmm. um, I do totally believe that meeting people where they are is is very valuable and and very key in freelancing. Yeah. One of the things that, and Danielle, I'd love to get your your input on this. One of the things I I came to realize over my, how long we do this for? Three or four years? I can't remember. That um, finding clients, finding customers that were willing to pay you was much like dating. You know, like you mm. couldn't come on too strong. You had to play a little bit hard to get, you know, you had to make it seem like you were more valuable than yes. you maybe thought you were. Right. So, you know, you don't want to come in too low and seem like you're undervaluing yourself. Like you don't <laughs> want to seem like you want it too bad. Anyway, it was just it. Uh, anyway, uh, for me, it was it was very overwhelming. And I, <laughs> this is why I don't do freelance anymore. But I'm curious from your perspective, have you seen that kind of, you know, is it, is it a lot like courting? It Uh, is. um, And you actually nailed our February theme um, for this year. So thank you so much for for releasing that. Um, (laughs) Our theme for February is finding your match. And it literally is a regurgitation of Bumble. Um, So (laughs) we are literally creating like our own mini Bumble profiles. Um, I mentioned that I like slow walks, slow meditation walks between client meetings. Um, I'm not really into PDA and I'm just looking for a good adventure. So this is kind of our way of reaching out and trying to find our right match of a client um, to work with Octane specifically. So each of the team members all created little Bumble profiles and did very similar um, follow through. So I'm so glad you mentioned that because it is a lot like dating. It really is. Um, You got to put your best foot forward, your best self Mm. forward. Um, You have to make sure that you're, you know, on your cues, you're saying the right words, saying the right things, depending on the person, you know, there's a lot of um, innate factors 
that go into that. Mm -hmm. And it could go so many different directions at different times. Um, we have done in the past, even, um, analogies to dancing, um, because, because we represent three countries, three countries that are very well known for dancing. Um, we were able to use different types of dancing to kind of illustrate different types of marketing. So we talk about, you know, business to business marketing, and that's more like a Foxtrot than it is a salsa. (laughs) So we talked, we kind of broke that down and we had some, um, local hand, um, hand artists kind of, uh, illustrate what that would look like in a foot model sense. Um, so just kind of breaking down that visual um, relationship status, if you will. I think that's so important. You're, you nailed it right on the head. It's really like dating in a lot of areas. But you play your cards right, you get lucky. There you go. <laughs> get real lucky. Yeah, so what, for us indoor kids, um, for, for, uh, for us indoor kids out there who kind of had some, <laughs> some trouble that, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe they did, maybe they didn't as kids, as young, young people getting out there, being social. Are there any tips that you can give uh, to kind of overcome some of that anxiety they may have, uh, especially in a time like this? Um, so as a mom of four kids, two of, two of which are teenagers, I can completely mm. relate to um, their kind of like phobia, FOMO, feel of fear of missing out, like all the things. So I tell my kids all the time, one, use your words, one, <laughs> two, um, say them again. And then three, if you have not said them again, say them to somebody else. So I, and I'm going to back this up a little bit. Um, When I say, say, use your words, what does that mean? Um, One, be extremely communicative of what you want to do. And I use this mostly when my kids want to, you know, throw themselves across couches and things, just so you know. (laughs) So um, use your words. What does that mean? Hey, I don't want to be thrown across the couch. Hey, I don't want this. Or I do want something from you. Use Mm -hmm. your words. Two. Um, make sure that you say them twice because a lot of times, nine times out of 10, we hear things, but we're not listening. So I want them to actively listen. And then three, uh, say it to the other person, meaning not talking to yourself at this point. The second time you say it, it's like, I feel like I'm saying things to myself. So no, I want you to actually say it to them, make sure they understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's, 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 you know, falls to the wall after that, you know, who knows what happens. (laughs) Uh, maybe you, you, maybe you just end up thrown across the couch because you didn't, you know, ex- execute yourself very well. So I really kind of use that as a model, if you will, mm-hmm. um, for young people. You really have to communicate and not just communicate the things you want them to know. Communicate the things you also don't want them to know. Wow, <laughs> so that, something along those lines is kind of like the bread and butter of what I kind of tell a lot of teenagers. I also speak to a lot of different youth people who are interested in tech. Um, women, um, young girls. Um, but my favorite, my soft spot obviously is boys. I'm a boy mom. So um, we talk about, you know, four, four boys. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, good. 15 good to 18 months. So yeah, we're, we're the broad spectrum. I call myself sometimes Mary Poppins. Um, so <laughs> it's one of those situations where, you know, I, t- I try to tell people ahead of time, like, you know, communication is so important. If you mm. can't nail the communication part, you're going to send other mixed messages. So nail that part about yourself. And if that means you need to sit in front of a mirror for like five minutes and like say the things that you want to say, but also notice that your eyebrows are probably moving and not the way that you want them to start regulating and playing around with those type of messaging that you're sending people. And then, like I said, just repeating that same action over and over again. Repetition is key. Kids love repetition. I'm a, I feel like almost a mom expert saying that. Sorry. <laughs> you know, this is maybe like insulting to some people, but I almost see clients often as like children that need yes. to be sort mm. of 
I don't know, not scolded, not not reprimanded just nurtured. in a way, but just nurtured, like corralled, mm-hmm. you know, though a lot of times really big ideas, you're like, yep, that's a great idea, but, you know, you got to bring them back in and pull oh, them yeah. back. It's out of scope. You don't have the money for that. Or yes. if you'd love to do that, that's great. Let's, I'll send you an invoice for it. <laughs> um, one of the things that I did, you, you mentioned this a second ago, and I think this is something that took me a little bit of time to, to realize as a freelancer, using your words, I love how you put that. But setting expectations that you will or will not do something, mm-hmm. right? And so this took me a long time to realize is I would say yes to almost everything because I wanted the work. I want the cash flow. And mm-hmm. over time, what I realized, Derek, you and I kind of figured this out when we yeah. were doing some freelance work some time ago. It was finding the things that that you where, – where you bring value, mm-hmm. right? Like I could do that, but that's not what you want to pay me for, right? You could, you're better, better suited paying someone else to do that. Right. Like, for instance, I guess, like if, if you are a graphic designer, but you're not a copywriter, don't try to write the copy. You know, let somebody else hire a copywriter. Mm-hmm. You, need, you need a really great copywriter. Or, you know, if you're a developer and you got a freelance gig doing a website, if you're not a designer, hire a designer. Mm-hmm. You know, don't try to do it yourself because you're, you're, you're only going to end up maybe burning bridges and things like that. But even the stuff that you can't do, it's the stuff you don't want to do. Yeah. Right? If you are a designer and you, you can illustrate, but that's not what you really want to do, don't take on that work. Say no. Don't be afraid to say no. I think that's something that took me a very long time yeah. to learn. Hmm. I love that. Brava. Like, put it on repeat. Spin it again. Like, I, I love that. I think that's something that everyone honestly needs to hear. And it and no matter where you are in your career, even, um, mm-hmm. everyone needs to understand the value of no. And what that really means for you when you say it. Um, so as you mentioned before, in the early years for freelancers, it is so important that you realize what you can and cannot do. Um, and not to discourage you by any means, especially you women out there. Yes, you can. <laughs> okay. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. But do you want to? I mean, that's really to, the right? question. So if you really want to go through all of those things, technically those are not, if they are or in, are not in fact your skill set, um, then you know do what you need to do. However, it's mm-hmm. so much smarter instead of harder to you know outsource mm-hmm. that or bring someone else onto your team to better harness in those particular qualities so that you can focus more energy in the things that you really want to do in those other areas. So that's something I have learned, especially as a business owner. Um, that's something that I had to grow to finesse to get better at. But as in initially in those early years, it was, oh, I can, yes, I can. And yes, I can. And yes, I can. And over time, it really became a, actually, <laughs> um, I can, but it's going to be an additional fee. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or this oh, is an additional cost add-on. <laughs> You know, one thing I just I actually just thought of is, Derek, you, this is something you and I learned, I think, when we were doing that freelance project together. We were Derek and I did a project where we were doing a, an automated PDF report mm-hmm. for um, a, a company that was doing like analytics for something. And they were collecting all this data and you pay to sign up and you get this this monthly report, like an industry report and a PDF automatically goes out. Um, Derek, you want to talk about this? Cause this is something I think you, you had a really interesting insight here about, you know, taking on work before you really understand oh, <laughs> the yeah. full so, scope. So there were aspects of it. I didn't quite understand. So I had to kind of figure out which tools to use and all this kind of thing. And, uh, I picked, I picked like the wrong approach at first and I got really mm-hmm. frustrated with myself. Um, Jeremy had to talk me down. 
Because <laughs> I, 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 like, I don't want to do I'm like, to jump. Just get paid. But uh, <laughs> but once I started to realize what was going on, and, and you know there is a way out, and we can work together and all this stuff. It, I ended up being really successful. Like we fig- we we did it. We finished the whole thing. Yeah. Um. In in the in the amount of time that we were supposed to do it, this never happens. Mm-hmm. Like the, <laughs> I, so it's like I, I did this one card trick once where uh, I think I told you this, Jeremy. I just pulled out fifty two cards. I had somebody pick, and I guessed it, and I guessed it right. Never did a card trick after that. I'm never going to do another <laughs> freelancing gig because the, this one went so good. Why would I do yeah. another one? Why anyway, I'm just another, kidding. No but, yeah, um, yeah. So that that's uh, that that's a risk there. I, I found um, mm. that you know if you go into it not really being a, a, a skilled person, but you guys kind of touched on this when you talked about this is an area I don't want to work or this is an area I don't have skills in. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it, I, I found it. You can lead you to a lot of uh, dangerous places and high anxiety if you if you trick if you don't listen to yourself on that one yeah well the key takeaway for me there and i didn't even really think about this because like you know i always did like wordpress sites every wordpress site is basically the same it's just like it looks a little different but in the background it's identical Mm -hmm. um so you know i used to do a lot of that um, but i never took on any other big projects like that i think like for me the big thing there is like as technology evolves now you've got people wanting to do mobile apps desktop apps all kinds of different stuff it interacts with the phone and and all this stuff that's way more complex than just a simple php based wordpress website Mm -hmm. right um and so you just say yes to these things and you give them a quote and you say oh that'll be five thousand dollars and you realize that's twenty five thousand dollars worth of time and effort yes (laughs) um you know uh and so that's something that i think uh you know you can't just say yes to those things without really understanding the complexities and and if you haven't done especially if you haven't done that kind of project before yeah so you mentioned something that I think is worth diving into a little bit, your skill set. So we've got, you know, I don't know, Derek, maybe I'm being uh, maybe I'm being generous. Half our listeners are engineers <laughs> and not designers at all. So you're a designer. You were able to create your own brand, logo, website, all these things. But we've got a ton of listeners who might be interested in freelancing that are not designers at all. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important, whether you're a designer or a developer, to try to build your personal brand, mm-hmm. to promote yourself and things like that. But... If you're a developer, that might not be what you're good at. So if you were a developer, what advice would you give to somebody who's willing, looking to do this freelance work, but maybe isn't very good at creating own, their own logo brand, things like that, what maybe they could build their site, but they're not good at designing it? Um, are there some resources out there for a developer who can you know, help build that or build that brand for them so that they can then promote themselves. Oh yeah. Like I vote myself, but that would be kind of selfish, but (laughs) I want to say in general, like collaborate. That's like the key. That's Mm. been the big word over the past, like two or three years now collaborate. If you can't do it, find someone who can make friends with people who have those skill sets, start bridging the gaps in the areas that Mm. you feel like you lack. So, and that takes a little bit of extra gusto. Don't get me wrong. Walking kind mm-hmm. of blankly, kind of blind date situation. I don't know what I'm walking mm-hmm. into, but it's kind of one of the situations that when you put your best foot forward, people are immediately attracted to that type of um, light or energy, if you will. And I think that's really important that if you know that you're not good in a particular area, start connecting those dots so that you can get to those areas. Um, start mm-hmm. bridging um, areas, bring people to the table that allow you to go from point A to point C without necessarily focusing so much in point B. So I, I think it's really important to to kind of, you know, 
connect those connectors whatever way that you can. Um, I love collaborations. I absolutely love working with new people and new things. I love being able to take the things that they're really good at and wrapping my sense of mm -hmm. service and my own skill set and say, you know what, I can enhance your skill set and that's the other way around. And we can work together in a lot of areas so that we both shine bright. So I think that's a really big part of uh, our Kentucky Creatives Group, um, being able to take kind of our, our motto for that is, you know, where movers and shakers meet, um, because a lot of areas we have people who are movers and we have people who are shakers and they don't do the same things together. But when you put <laughs> them together, the movers are not the same people who do the shaking. Exactly. So we just kind I'm of put them in the same area. And I, I like being able to kind of create that rhythm. So Derek, it's a lot like trying to find a drummer on Craigslist, <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's like, a I, really good I'm a guitar player, but I really need a drummer. You got to go to Craigslist and find it's just, I just the people the you're going to find. Just... <laughs> you know, so this leads into something I'm curious about because like, I'm thinking, you know, often designers and developers are not the same. You have certainly there's those people who can do both. Mm -hmm. Maybe they do both really well. Maybe they do one better than the other. But often there's people who do one thing really well. Mm -hmm. How do you know as a freelancer when it's time to partner with somebody and say, look, I, I, I'm getting these people asking me to do these things and, you know, I can't do it alone. Is it worth finding a full-time partner? Is it worth just those one-off collaborations? Do you have any thoughts there? Is it I stepstone, to be really honest. So I collaborate first, and that's kind of like my mixing bowl. Then I know whether or not it's it's a good fit. And then from there, I'll say, okay, maybe let's take on this project together um, just on a tip basis, just to see if it's a good fit. And that's kind of where I would take my mixture and you know dump it into my batter. Then I know for sure at that point, if it's a good fit or not, based upon our personalities, our timelines, our schedules, things along those lines. And if it's really good fit, then I know that I want to ask them to be more of a partner and less of just a temporary, let's work together. And that's where we get our fried chicken. So I'm just kind of in a place where I want to tell people like, you can't, you don't have to necessarily jump all in with both feet. You can dip your toe in the water just a little bit. You can ease your way up into um, working with a partner long-term. No, is that another thing we Kentuckians say? Get, that's where you get your fried chicken. Is that that's where you get your fried chicken. Yes. I love is that it. something we say, Derek? I mean, I got a whole list. I love it. We need to interview <laughs> more people from Kentucky. Uh, Danielle, I think we need to do like a one-on-one -on -one later, which is you and me. You can tell me everything I'm supposed to say. I'm down. I can do it all. <laughs> it's okay to um, say no. We learned that today. <laughs> it's okay to say no. That's that's what we learned. We also say that in Kentucky. It's no that's true. Right? You can't say no to somebody from Kentucky, though, can you? Um, so, you know, one of the things I'm also curious about here is this getting paid. And I think one of the things that used to drive me crazy doing freelance was the, the getting paid part. I used to love doing the work. Getting paid was always like pulling teeth. Clients are very eager to sign contracts. Mm -hmm. They're not very eager to send you a check mm -hmm. when, the, when, when you're done. So what, what's some advice there for people that are freelancing? Maybe they got the gig, they signed the contracts, did everything right. And now it's time to get paid. What do you do? Um, luckily this is my area where I can send my staff to do things now, but, <laughs> <laughs> but in the beginning it was literally hi, I'm customer service. I'm almost have to be a different persona, if you will. Mm, um, yeah. uh, it's almost kind of like, you know, Dr. Jackal and Mr. Hyde in some areas where you're literally mm. just, you know, I'm being patient in the wait. I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to do. And then on the back end, you're just like pulling your hair. Cause I'm like, I could use this money for so many things. So yeah. I definitely suggest one, um, 
understanding some milestones, making sure they understand some milestones. In contracts, I always put payment milestones within the writing. Mm. That is absolutely essentially key. I cannot move forward in X amount of project until this amount of money is paid. So anytime mm. there's a stifle mm. on their end, all you have to do is pull out the black and white and yeah. say, you signed it, yeah. agree to it, abide it. Um, and there's also to those side conversations, I can't tell you how many times, especially um, some of our, our women business owners, they're in a crutch. Maybe they're going through a, a phase of imposter syndrome. Maybe their child is sick. I had an instance even like a couple of months ago, my child ran away for 45 days. Oh my God. <laughs> How do you deal with that? How do you process Good that Lord. and then continue work and all the things? So, I mean, there's just a season of life where just stuff happens, right? Shit happens. So you just kind of have to make wiggle room in that adjustment too. Um, and then I also want to just say too, that the most polite thing that you can possibly do as a freelancer is to meet people where they are. Now, I'm not saying mm. down your money, down your price, all the things. That is not what I'm saying. I'm literally saying communicative wise, if they're in a place where they can't communicate much, find out how you can. Mm -hmm. Do I need to check back with you in two weeks? Do I need to check back with you in a month? If I'm checking back with you in a month, I'm going to have to put your project on hold to take on new projects or um, we have a sort of a deadline on our end where we do an X amount of time, the project has to be done an X amount of days into it. If it's not, it goes back on our shelf, if you will. And then mm -hmm. it takes a little extra money, some extra fees are attached to that for them to restart the project. So it puts a little extra pressure on them if they really want it done and done by us in a certain way, in a certain time frame. it puts the pressure on them to make sure they're doing their part and their due diligence. Yeah. Now, what, you know, speaking of getting paid, one thing that we used to do, um, and I want to preface this by saying, uh, check your local uh, state and local ordinances on uh, income tax here. Before I say this, this is not a way to avoid taxes. But if you find that you need something, you know, don't be afraid to barter with somebody, mm -hmm. do some work for them so that you can get something of value, of value. That's the key of value. Yes. You don't want to trade something that's worth $15,000 for something that's worth $100. But, you know, barter. So, for instance, there was um, we had a client that used to run an improv class down in, in New Orleans. And we said up front, you know, we'd love to take the improv classes. Um, you know, that is worth $1,000. We can do this amount of work that would be worth $1,000 and we can do even trade mm -hmm. and you don't have to give us cash and we can have the classes for free. Um, you know, so that kind of stuff... Um, you know, I, I would say don't do that for everything. Clearly, you know, you can't trade uh, improv classes for rent um, <laughs> if you need to. But if right. there's, you know, stuff that you might need, maybe you have an accounting firm that needs a website and you mm -hmm. could do they do your books and you could do their website or something. Um, yeah. You know, anyway, that's an idea, too. So you don't have to always be worried about strictly cash. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, completely. So that's, agree. that's something I don't know if that's something you've, you've experienced, but we used to do that. I have. I definitely have bartered um, classes. Definitely have done that before. We've also bartered a couple of things like, um, oh, gosh, what was it? A tattoo. Uh -huh. Well, let's just talk about that. Yeah, I've bartered All that right before. <laughs> you can't, can't yeah. even see it. But, you know, that's a whole thing over there. Yeah, yeah exactly. So we've done quite a different thing, quite a different array of things to barter but whatever that barter is is always something of value as you mentioned before it's always something that will kind of level us up in some areas so maybe it gives us more visibility maybe it yeah. gives us a seat at a table maybe it gives us um something ahead that pushes us forward mm -hmm. so yeah value has to be there yeah so you you mentioned this and this is something that i want to get into a little bit uh i, I consider this like covering your ass 
So you you find some people and you 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 know, hey, you're gonna pay me a few grand to do this work. That's great. The legal aspect of this, mm-hmm. the contracts, the you know, the invoicing and all that, like making sure you get paid. What are some resources? And then maybe there's an anecdote or a, a, a story that you have you could share. Um, oh my goodness, yes. Um, there's a lot legal legalities. Period. They're everywhere. Whether you're a small business in a salon or or a mm-hmm. software engineer, anything along those lines is there's legalities. Um, we luckily. I have um, my own um, on kind of on-call um, legality services that we can use. There's plenty of things out there. There's um, LegalZoom. Um, there's plenty of other like really quick, easy ways to kind of cover your ass. So I totally um, raw, raw this like 110%. Um, but for, for me personally, I went through um, two different specific cases in the earlier mm. years of Octane where I had said things, but they weren't written down yeah. and things along those lines. And that has come back and bit me in the ass more than one time. And I had to really like, you know, step back. Um, luckily, mm-hmm. one of my good cousins is also a prosecuting attorney. So that's also oh, uh, very helpful. Shout out to you, cuz. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of those things where you just kind of have to be aware, right? Um, and that's part of that business know-how um, of mm-hmm. wanting to, uh, you know, make sure your ass is covered, really. But there was one instance where I was in the right. And, you know, as I was detesting that the judge literally like looked down at me and was like, this person doesn't have a case. I'm just looking at you like, what do I do now? Oh, did you actually take them to court? <laughs> so yeah, there was one particular client that, Oh wow. well, okay. they actually took wow. me to court. They tried very oh, hard oh, to, to push against that, but I had laid it all out in black and white. It was just no d- disputing. It was just oh, hurt feelings. Yeah. Now you mm. see, that's sort of the opposite of the question I was asking where, you know, I was like, oh, did you get, did it, did you get in trouble? But in this case, it saved you. Yes. Um, so ha- not having that would have probably meant, uh, you know, your word against theirs. And who yes. knows if they have the connections or friends, you know, how that stuff generally works. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, I have definitely, there's been several times where it's been brought to my attention in the early years where, hey, Danielle, you said this, but I only got this, you know, how can mm-hmm. we fix that problem? Or um, I've asked repeatedly for this and I never got this. Um, so there's a lot of hiccups that you're going to have to learn in those early years as you're starting out, especially in freelance. No one has it all right. But knowing that you have resources to go to or people that you can refer to in those tough spots, that's the game changer. Mm-hmm. So I tell people all the time, like, it's okay if you have the controller all the time, but if you don't have that option button on that controller, just in case you run out of ammo or whatever else that you need mm-hmm. to get that headshot, you need to like rethink that plan. <laughs> That's a great so, analogy. Derek, this is a, run, giving you a run for your money with these analogies, man. I'm telling you, love Thank a good headshot analogy too. That's one of, those, that's one of my favorites. No, I'm for <laughs> it every day, all day, every day. Yeah, you're right. So when you talk about resources, you know, not everyone has a cousin who's a prosecutor, but right. uh, do you have any resources that you might be able to talk about? You know, templates for contracts or things sure. like that. Um, I've done. It depends on what you're looking for. Um, if we legal, like I said, Legal Zoom was one that I used in the early years, okay. dead on. So I definitely rec- highly recommend that. Um, there's a, several templates that they have. They actually adjust them per state that you're in. So okay. do, it's not like some WYSIWYG. Here's a blank form, and then figure it out. Maybe these apply. Maybe these laws apply to you. Maybe yeah, they don't. <laughs> there's not like yeah. the second guessing. 
Um, so mm -hmm. I do like the fact that they have that. There's also a level for you to have like an on-call basis. So for oh, wow, X okay. amount of time, you get an X amount of credit to speak to a legal person, um, to an actual lawyer. So that's wow. very helpful in those really like extreme cases where something has to be taken down, if there's a copyright issue, things along those lines, um, mm -hmm. which I have, thank goodness, never have to actually deal with. But um, for people who have, it's nice to know that you have that option. There's been one particular tool that I have really, really come to love. And that honestly, to be really, really honest, is Google Docs, okay? This is okay. my best friend. Mostly because of the timeline feature of which your documents are being documented. This is something that um, has saved me in some other areas where things have been deleted added in some areas, how to protect your documents is another big topic. Um, things along those lines are all very helpful tools and tricks that you can learn very quickly just to protect yourself. For contracts in the past, we've used things like HelloSign, things along those lines so that it's easy to transfer documents back and forth. I want to say we used that for like two years at one point. Um, before we uh, switched over to a different program. But FreshBooks has been my best friend in all things accounting. Mm. Oh my goodness. Like my accountant is my best friend. Um, we're not even, I mean, like I could probably marry this person, but it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, they, they're only available for X amount of time. And after that, you know, time accumulates, time is money. So what mm -hmm. tools are they using in order to keep you organized and keep you ahead? FreshBooks is one of those things that I've come to love for estimates, proposals, and of course, accounting on the back end. Fantastic. I think we've got a lot of awesome tips and tricks here. Anything else that we didn't get a chance to talk about that you think are worth noting here to be successful as a freelancer? I mean, I think you covered a lot of things. I think it's just really cool that we get to have conversations as freelancers to just sit here and let our hair down or beards down and just kind of there like you know. do, do mm -hmm. our jam, Great whatever word. that may be, right? <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's really important that we just kind of always come to the space of community, um, each one teach one. That's always kind of how I've grown up. And so it's really cool to be able to be in this space just to kind of let people know like it's possible. Um, there, there are mm -hmm. avenues, there's options for you. So Derek, what do you got anything else to add here? This has been a great conversation. I'm all good. <laughs> I love the all, pay it again. <laughs> <laughs> all good. So we have a little game that we like to play called This or That. And uh, we just ask you a series of questions for two minutes. This or that questions. This or that, dog or cat, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You just quick, you know, just off the top of your head, first answer that comes to mind. All programming language, I'm sure. <laughs> Let's go. Are you, are you ready? I'm going to set a timer for two minutes. Yes. Start off simple, we'll get a little bit for And then I've got some special uh, freelance-related questions towards the end oh. that I think you're going to be really excited about. All right. Uh, Netflix or YouTube? Oh, Netflix. Phone call or text message? Text message. All right. Um, iPhone or Android? iPhone. All right. This next question, then, I'm going to know automatically. Mac or PC? I'm Mac. <laughs> All right. Uh, Space Invaders or Pong? <gasps> oh, I'm going to say Pong. All right. Uh, buttons or zippers? Zippers. All right. Aisle or window seat on an airplane when we used to fly? Ooh, window. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you're from Kentucky, so you better get this one right. Bourbon or rye? <laughs> Bourbon. Why even ask? I know you already mentioned <laughs> that earlier, but I had it on my list. So I dumb, dumb, dumb. All right. High tech or low tech? Mm, high tech. All right. What's worse, laundry or dishes? Ooh. Dishes. 
All right, Marvel or DC? This is a very controversial subject in our house. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say Marvel, but I love DC too. Okay. All right, Star Wars pre Disney or post Disney? Uh, pre. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this one's also very important. Please don't get this one wrong, because Derek and I will be very upset. Star Trek or Star Wars? Uh, ooh, I was gonna wear my Star Trek pants. I'm gonna say Trek, but I know you're gonna say Wars. <laughs> Derek, this is the first time I think you get to use the like cheering uh, or the ding, 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 whatever, whatever sound effect you want to use. You bet. We have a little sound effect with that when people we'll, get it wrong, we'll and, and they don't hear it, it but we play it. You know, when we release. I the love show. this. I'm a huge enamel yeah. pin girl, just so you know. So I usually wear. All right. A pin. Well, then you might want to listen to the episode that we just posted uh, last time about our favorite sci-fi technology. I think you might dig that episode. It's a good uh, one. All right. Uh, bowling or putt putt? Bowling, pro bowler. All right. Well, well, okay. Uh, pizza or tacos? Ooh, pizza. All right. So I got a couple of freelance related questions. Um, since you are a freelancer and we're talking about freelancing, um, these are uh, freelance related questions. Are you ready? Yes. <clears throat> and when I say freelancing, I'm, I'm using the term very loosely. Uh, all right. Lance Bass or Largemouth Bass? Oh my gosh. Not Lance Bass. <laughs> <laughs> Anything but Lance Bass. <laughs> all right. Lance Armstrong or Neil Armstrong? Oh, Neil. All right, Lance Reddick or Vin Diesel as Reddick? Oh, Vin Diesel as Reddick. <laughs> All right, uh, Lance of Destiny or Destiny's Child? <gasps> Lance of Destiny. Oh, All right. that's tough. That's Lansing, a tough Michigan? one. <laughs> that was Lansing, Michigan or Lansing, Illinois? Mm, I guess Lansing, Illinois. Because Lansing, right. Michigan's where my cousin lives, and I don't like him. Okay. Okay. There you go. Not not the prosecutor. Not the prosecutor. No, that's, no, that's a good. He's cousin. a bum. That 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 cousin's a bum. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. That's all the that's all the questions that I have. Thanks for playing along. That was good. Oh, that was oh very man, fun. that was awesome. All right. Uh, cool. Well, uh, Danielle, it was great having you on today. Thank you so much for all your valuable insight. Uh, give us any uh, any of those links. Send them over. We'll post them in the show notes. So if you're listening and you you want to get links to some of the stuff Danielle's been talking about. Uh, we'll check out the show notes and we will post them there. If you like the show and you dig what you're hearing and what we're doing, leave a five-star review wherever you can leave a five-star review. It helps us out a huge amount. It lets other people find out about the show. And Derek will write you your very own review jam. You can do that on Apple Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, uh, Amazon now. You can leave a five-star review. Take a screenshot. Let us know. Uh, don't forget, check us out, retrotimepodcast.com slash stickers. Get your stickers. Twitter, Retro Time Pod, all that stuff. Believe that. All right. That's it. I'm out. Later. <laughs> so, uh, so Jeremy, I wanted to tell you this. This, is, this might go at the end uh, of the episode. We'll see. Um, might be one of those little bonus bits. But uh, I don't know if you know. I had an interesting job once uh, where I almost got a gig. I was I was trying to do freelance for like a week and a half. Had barely any experience. And a buddy of mine called me up. I used to live in New Orleans. And he said, hey, I, I'm, I'm working this show tonight. Why don't you come down? Uh, you know how to do lights and sound, right? I was like, no. He's like, well, I'll show you. So, <laughs> so he brings awesome. me down. I'm going in. It's really dark in there. I didn't really know. Lights were all, you know, it's kind of purple lights and stuff. And I go in. And I go back to the board. He's showing me how. He's like, all right. So the girl's going to come up right in the middle. And there's one after the other. It was a burlesque show. And I was like, okay. Oh, well, that, this is going to be fun. And uh, so I'm doing the lights at the burlesque show, and, and I was like, man, I went to their website, and it was terrible. And I went yeah. up to the guy. I was like, hey, you need a new website. And I can, <laughs> I can website do it. Sucks. And he goes, he goes, he goes, have you done any websites before? 
And I was like, I'm good at it. I know I'm good at it. Just give, just give me the job. <laughs> I know some Java. And he goes, yeah, I'll get out of here. And he gave me my money, and, I'll, and I left. <laughs> that was um, it. Yeah. <laughs> that was the extent of your friend. Burlesque show guys uh, that run burlesque shows aren't all uh, aren't always into uh, helping out the young kids. I was like, I was like yeah. 20 or something. Um, but anyway, uh, that's my story. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, speaking of burlesque shows, um, 